Welcome everybody to another episode of the Careful Boys. We have with us on the hot seat today, Mr. Bobby Hundreds. Oh wow. Wow. Big deal. So the way that hot seat works is you get asked a variety of different questions that okay. get increasingly hotter in temperature. Okay. But we like to start off with Bart giving the one. coldest possible question this imaginable. Oh okay. Best one of the day. Softballs. Yeah. Okay, sure. This one's not really a softball, but um since you like to draw. <laughs> If you could use face paint to paint your wiener, anything, in any form or whatever, animal, insect, mm -hmm. what would you paint your wiener into? Why are we using face paint to do this? Is it because it's, it's non-toxic? Why are we calling it a wiener? <laughs> yeah, a yeah. wee-wee? A weenie. Okay, that's better, thank you. Wee-wee. Wee-wee <laughs> makes it sound a lot more girthier. <laughs> yeah, bigger. <laughs> and would you choose when your wee-wee is sleeping Oh. Or when it's working out. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I want it robust and ready for action. Okay, well, what would you yeah. paint on? I just, more surface area. Um, what animal would I choose? Anything. It could be a rocket. It could be... Could be the Incredible Hulk. Oh, wow. Gosh, I've, I've you'd be surprised. I've never thought about this before. I am surprised. Um, <laughs> Not a real artist. I, I, I like hyenas because... They have a sense of humor and they're funny, but they're also like bone-crushing predators. Oh, but they don't do well on their own, which is kind of like your your wee wee is what you're saying. So I would like to be in the company of many other yeah, wee wees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A pack. If you want to do some, if you want to do some damage, you got to be in a pack. Yeah. What do you call a pack of wee wees? You know, there's like a murder of crows or like a flock of geese. Like, what is it when it's a bunch of Wiener. A large package? No, that's only one. That's only there one. Sausage fest? Yeah, no? Sausage oh, fest. Sausage fest. That's what it is. Yeah. That's full circle. So you would paint it a hyena? I, a hyena. I don't think it would be recognizable as a. I, I don't think anyone would be able to tell. It was <laughs> Do you think your wife would be like, oh wow, an armless, legless hyena? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what she would be surprised by. I think she'd be most shocked that I, I was painting. My penis with, with my face kids' paint. face paint. Yeah. I think that would yeah. probably be the most alarming. Like, no, this is adult face paint. Yeah. yeah. So and then he's checking the door oh, yeah. the whole time. Oh, adult face paint. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Every so adult has that in their medicine cabinet. Yeah. Okay, so the next question, we turn up a little bit. Oh, that wasn't, okay. That, that's, no, cold. that's a cold one. The next question it's is, like, um, yeah. before the hundreds had the stability or like the, 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 I guess, position that it has in streetwear before it, it made its like solid mark. Okay. On your way up, what was the brand that you're like, motherfucker, gotta. Then I gotta get them. Mm. I gotta knock them out. Yeah, or I gotta be like, I gotta, if I could only be in their shoes. Oh, if I could only be in their shoes. I mean, yeah, it was probably a mix of both of those things. When we were starting, what were we really looking at? I mean, there weren't brands that we hated or wanted to take over, but we were definitely inspired by. A Life Supreme, Bape, Extra Large, Fresh Jive. And wow, fresh um, jive. I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but there was a moment uh, probably about 10 years ago when like Huff was really coming up mm. and they were dominating. They had, they had their weed socks and then they were doing these Thrasher collabs and everyone, in, in terms of on the category level, we were being on the same rack and shelf as that brand. So a lot of people are comparing us and we couldn't compare to Huff. I mean... Keith Huffnagel was a rest in peace was like a, you know a veteran skateboarder and had like really great core community of people um, But I always admired what they were doing ten years every year It's a different brand 
And it's not necessarily, I call them, I think I've talked about this before, these invisible wars where I, I pit myself against people whether they know it or not. And it's not necessarily that I don't like them, but it's also because for me, a lot of my inspiration motivation comes from having to be competitive, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes- It's the Korean side of you. I knew it! I was like, this man has not yet been proven to be Korean, but this part- Invisible wars. Everyone's always like, oh, you're picking these fights. And I'm like, yeah, they're not even really personal. A lot of them are fabricated just to get me to be incentivized to like enter the fight, right? Like I need to do that. Surfing, we were talking about surfing. Surfing reminds me a lot of that too. It's just, you're constantly like running into waves and you're going out and it's nonsensical. The ocean's trying to spit you on onto the sand yeah, and you yeah. keep jumping back in. It's like, hey, they're telling you to like get nature's like, please don't come in here. And you're like, no, I want to fight. I want to try. I want to go up against this thing. It's a very Korean thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> When'd you get into surfing? Probably about eight, nine years ago now. Oh. Yeah, so later in my life. What made you go, ah, surfing. We're starting a brand with our friends, the Marshalls, who are they kind of like run oh. Malibu. Yeah, and so um, Trace and Chad at the time were like, hey, if we're gonna like work on this thing together, you know, we really want you, you need to know how to surf. And I was like, I've always oh. wanted to surf. I skate on a snowboard, and but no one's ever taken me. And they were like, show up at Venice at 7.30 in the morning, I was there, and then I never looked back. Wow. Yeah. Venice is so hard to surf on. It is. So the thing is, if you can surf at Venice, you can surf anywhere. Oh, that right. makes sense. Dude, what if you didn't like surfing? Mm -hmm. What did I? <laughs> what if you didn't like surfing? And then you had to pretend like you do for the brand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this no, sucks. That, that would happen to me. I just know it would. I'd be like, yeah, it was great out there. I like all these bruises on my legs. That's so funny. I never even entertained that possibility. Oh, Thank no. God it worked out. We we aren't involved in that brand anymore. But in the beginning, we were just helping them out. It got it got you hooked. Huh? Hey, was there some? Was there like? Coming up, because oh God, we all do this bullshit, right? Where like you get precious about your little thing, yeah. You know, oh. and, and, and if you're what little yeah. thing, my little thing, about, <laughs> yeah, you're no, yeah, you're penis, your uh, about, your, about your your art and your like, you that know, pretentious designs. artist shit, yeah, yeah. pretentious artist shit, yes, yes. And then and, and like you had to, you know, lash out at things that didn't need to be lashed out at, right? Maybe. Yeah. What are we talking about? I feel like we're, we're talking about my deep-seated need for psychology. Yeah. <laughs> Is there something you want to say? Because uh, <laughs> we all do, we all do stuff. Right? All, I remember yeah. coming up in the comedy world and be like, "That's hack, that's hack." Like, did you see stuff in the in the fashion world or and go, "That's hack shit"? Can't believe they're doing that shit. And then nowadays, you would do that, and you're like, "Why was I so stupid?" Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we were very early on uh, when we were starting the brand. I remember we were walking around with like a real streetwear OG. I'm not going to call him out by name, and we were walking by the LRG booth mm. at the trade show. And in those early days, this is like very early 2000s. LRG was king, mm. right? They were bigger than Supreme. They were like the biggest ones. And Kanye was wearing them, and you know they had all the rappers in their lookbooks and their catalogs and whatnot. And we were walking by in the street where OG was just like, I never want to be that. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. I'll never want to be that. They're sellouts and they sell to department stores and, you know, they've... They got like, millions of dollars. Them. All their employees yeah, have drive, benefits. Like, they were like Jonas and Robert were like driving around <laughs> yeah, Lamborghinis, Ben Baller, right? Yeah, that was yeah, like yeah. the beginning of all of that. And we were like, we never want to be that. And then, you know, you get to a certain point where like, Oh, I have overhead. I need to support employees. I have a family now. I, you know, I want to like be able to. Oh, why are you so greedy? Yeah, and yeah. so now it's just like, well, I guess I kind of need to make greedy. money. It's not, it's not selling out. It's buying in. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's buying in. Yeah. No, that's great. No, because uh, yeah, something that I've noticed about, especially the fashion world, like you were, you mentioned earlier, 
it changes so rapidly. Yeah. You talked about reinventing yourself every day. Is that really a thing or is that just something that people say? Like, how do you actually No, I really do feel like I'm having to reinvent myself constantly just because the nature of everything is moving so fast. And especially because we're involved in the NFT and crypto and tech side, that moves even faster. Where rules that were set up, like goalposts that were set up today, they move like literally hourly. Where it's like, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. And now everyone's like, no, that's what you don't do anymore. Then how do you ever find who you really are? I, mean, I think that's part of the appeal. You have to have a strong stomach for some of these businesses, right? Because the appeal yeah. is that every day, you know, my wife always says like, every day you come home, it's like, your job is so dynamic. It's like you, you know, it's so exciting, but also just so risky, right? You always have a different story to tell. And I'm like, it is, you know, like when I'm, but I have, I have crazy ADHD and I cannot focus. So it makes sense for me. I can't, I couldn't stick to the same task for 30 years. I just, it's just not in me to do that. But you never was like, oh, if only I had like a, a, a peanut farm. Why am I talking like that all of a sudden? Because you're troubled, you're troubled. No, because yeah, you're yeah, troubled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, if only I had a peanut yeah. farm, it would be, life would be so much easier. Backs against the wall, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like every day you gotta change, and it's like. I would love that, yeah. But what about a cashew yeah, farm? I, I, that's what I'm saying, you know? is that some people think that they want this kind of life, and they're like, oh, your life is so exciting and every day you're oh. doing these different things i'm like it is exhausting yeah. <laughs> right like, the addiction of having novel things constantly yeah. is such a fucking pain in the ass it is <laughs> because I'm like, why can't I just be stimulated with eating oatmeal every fucking day? Yeah, I need it that. should be I enough. It's just, yeah. it's greed. It really is greed, and we is it greed or is it stimulation? It's, it's, it's <laughs> Joe's trouble now. It's like the problem. It's a disease of abundance, right? This is not a scarcity economy or a scarcity society anymore. Where for generations, like our parents, grandparents, that's what they always knew. So you had to save because you never knew when things were going to run out. And you never mm -hmm. had enough. And so you really appreciated things. You had one of things if you could even afford that. But now we have a, like a real abundance problem, not just with like material possessions, but content, entertainment, right? There's mm -hmm. like anything you want. You can order food at a whim. Like my kids use Postmates sometimes and they don't even know what they're buying because everyone has just so much money. Like if you have means, like if you have wealth right now, you have way too much, right? More than you'll ever need. Yeah. And if you have clothes right now, you have more clothes than you'll ever need, which is something that I have to deal with daily is like I'm constantly supplying clothing where I'm like we have enough clothing on this planet to last for two and a half generations we don't need more product you don't you don't need that fast you probably I needed it when you posted it on your Instagram I convinced you because I was that like oh, you I needed need it because like damn dude but I think that's like the real like we have a real disease of abundance it's not just like too much food or it's not just too much it's like too much of everything just mm. too many movies too many choices yeah. too many choices too so many like choices. now we don't know choose too, too much choices. news yeah. it's too many pundits too many opinions and it's like well, who are we? I don't know. You know, it's just—it's gonna. So, what excites you these days? What what excites you? How do you get up out of bed? I mean, look, this is a dark world you just described. I just—it is—it is dark. I think it's dark, but I don't. I actually think the world is better now in many ways than it was many years ago. There's a really, really great book called Factfulness by Hans Roslinger, who died in the process of writing. He was like very old. But even does it just stop at one point? <laughs> it, it, it literally does. It does it really? And That's his tight. family comes in and finishes the book, and they're like, wow. "Look, he because he knew he was dying in the midst of it. He's like, this is my parting message with the world that you're actually much better off than you realize. Mm -hmm. You know, the media and the social yeah. media is like telling you a certain way, but." I mean, just think about like what we've been able to cure in terms of like infant mortality rates, right? Mm -hmm. And like global medication, we've been able to save. There's so much less disease now, and people aren't having to have like 10 kids in like 
third world countries in order for one to survive. Like they can have one or two children. They can get them education now in medicine. Like, and we got rid of abortion. Massive progress. Five. Massive <laughs> progress. Yeah. And so like, I didn't even hear what that was. Maybe it's better I didn't hear. Yeah. <laughs> it was way yeah. better. Yeah. Continue. Um, Just agree with I it. it yeah. For the record, it. He was with it. <laughs> I, I pretended like I didn't hear it. Okay. So, but yeah, I think anyways, we can go down. I'm, I think I'm actually really inspired by most people like I just think this is like a really great time to be alive like people are pursuing things that they were told for generations they can't do and now you're seeing them having these breakthrough moments where they can try anything they want and make like somewhat of a living a lot of people are like surviving doing that that's great like that's really really great news like Asian being Asian American seeing representation like did you ever think that it would be cool to be Asian and now it's cool on many levels in terms of like pop music and film and TV and everyone's watching Squid Game as a That sounds really boring. I'm asking another question. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, it wasn't hot enough. Also, that's your opinion. That's not everyone's opinion. Yeah, yeah, you're, it's, it is my opinion. Right. Dude, I'm gonna punch this guy. In, in all the years you've done business, what was the the single hardest thing that has ever happened to you? NFTs. Oh, for real? Because you lost a lot of money? It was the hard, and it continues to be the hardest did you thing. Admit, uh, you did your own project? You lose your we did. ledger? Mm. No, I've never <laughs> lost my ledger. Thank God. Yeah. What was hard about it? Yeah, was, is it just uh, a so what people business? don't understand about NFTs is if you're setting it up the honest way, right, as honest as it can get, you're actually building a project that uh, you're trying to involve the community. Right. And you so, don't build the rug into it? Right. Yeah, what do you <laughs> pull? Like well, you have to start at that rug. Yeah, you build the rug <laughs> like, into it. You're, you're essentially like raising money for a company and then you raise the money and you leave the company which mm. is when a lot of people are building nfts they, that's how they think of it they're like yeah. oh i'm creating a project of these collectibles or i'm selling art and then i mint it people buy it and then i'm done but that's you're departing from the company that you're exiting which is not fair because those people are like oh i bought it and i want you to do something with this yeah 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 I didn't know that. Most people didn't know that this time a year ago. They were looking at NFTs almost like collectibles. Like, that's just it. And then Bored Apes came around and people were like, oh, you can actually build utility and meaning into these collectibles. And so to put out a project, we did 25,000 NFTs. They sold out in 40 minutes. The wow. real work began the next, we worked on those for like eight months. I thought my job was done. And then the work really began the next day when people were like, okay, now what are you doing now for us? Yeah. yeah, where's the roadmap? Right, and it's a different relationship than a brand to a consumer. Consumers are essentially fans, where they're just like really happy just to be a part of it. But they're like shareholders. These people are shareholders yeah. and partners, and they feel like they're owners. Not everyone, but it's there's like this conflation because I was coming into thinking of, of more as collectibles and we're here for the art and that's like the approach we're bringing in it with. But a lot of these people are traders, day traders, flippers who are like, no, no, we're investors. And that's the murky gray territory of NFTs that makes it dynamic and fun, but it also confuses a lot of people because you see a lot of projects fall apart because they're not equipped to be able to provide anything. Thankfully we were, right? Because we're an actual company that we're like, no, we're gonna be doing a lot of things for you forever. But it's hard because we've never had to share the company before, the brand or the decisions. Mm. That's what Web3 is about, it's decentralizing. It's not just you supporting a company anymore. It's like you actually have say in like a vote. Oh, democracy sucks. What happens, right? And so, right, like this gets into like political issues as well. And it's like, do you want 
democracies or liberal illiberal democracies where you're getting letting do you really want everyone to vote right so it's like do you want that because now you're getting to territory where you're getting certain people involved in the government that you probably don't want so but isn't this more akin to like business. you know you you have people who have who have a stake in it right they actually bought into it so it's almost like shareholders voting yeah so then if you look at it the positive way which we do is that these people are actually there to help you Right? They're not there to decry or to say that you guys are rugging and they're actually like, no, we're here to help. And so instead of looking at it like it's baggage, you can look at it like now you have thousands of partners who are like, I'll do anything to help spread the word. So your brand now moves like exponentially faster, which oh. it does now, right? And so there's two ways of looking at it. Most, if you look at the negative way, you're saddled with like complainers and you're doing customer service and trying to appease people. Or you can look at it the way that we do, which is, oh, these people are comrades. Right, like they're here to all see us win this, you know, and we can move so much faster in different territories we never had access to before. Mm. So they're all doing marketing, they're all selling, they're all preaching. There's like me, and now there's thousands of other me's who are mm. in their neighborhoods and communities telling people about like the hundreds. You don't have to work so hard. Cool. And I shouldn't have to work so hard. You can attack a lot of niches that way, right? So like there's a lot of community involvement in these niches where they have governance votes and now they actually have a reason to support your burgeoning ecosystem. Yeah. It's not just some bullshit thing like we all go vote and then we all get disappointed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. This actually, your vote can actually matter yeah. in the long run. Right. You can directly influence the, the future of the project. Right. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about the NFT market right now though? Like, like, you know, I don't know what you would argue, how much of them is a scam? Like, would you say? I'd say a lot of them are scam, but it, and it also goes into like, what is a scam, right? And I don't mean to get super existential and deep and philosophical about it, but like, what is a scam? I was just talking about Veblen goods, like all luxury goods are in a way a scam. Like you don't need a Chanel purse. Like a regular purse is fine. Like that's. A scam. But then she's not happy for like at least three months. So you have to get it. Exactly. <laughs> so that's true. Because is right. it a scam? Is like it a what scam? is a scam? Like if how do you someone, define that? If someone is just hopeful, they have no experience, and then they 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 manage to convince everybody, like yo, give me this money. I have this great idea. I don't have any experience, but believe in me. And then they right. get the money and they fail. Right. Is that a scam, or you just invested into yeah. someone that? I think that's a case-by-case case exactly. basis. I think that's a person-by-person. Because person I see the NFT crypto space kind of like that, right? Yeah. You got you have a bunch of guys that, you know, they're like, yo, I'm really trying to make this happen. Yeah. Not all of them work out. Some of them are outright scams where they're like, hey, let's do this hustle. There are a lot of those. Were they predetermined to hustle? Right. That's but then not all sure. failures are scams either. Mm. Right. So yeah. it's it's a it's a real gray area. And I think when all when there's something new, anytime there's an emerging like industry or whatever, it just happens this way. Well, mm -hmm. even even in business, right? Like they say, ninety percent of businesses fail within five years. Yeah. So were oh, those scams? Yeah. None of them are meant to be scams. They're yeah. trying to make it. And in the next five, it's fifty percent. Well, isn't the underlying yeah. tech of it? I mean, wasn't this, for me anyway, for NFTs, just talk shop a little bit of NFTs. Like, the what, what we just went through was almost like the 90s tech stocks bubble, okay. like, like pets.com and all that kind of shit. Yeah. So, like, a lot of failure, but maybe well-intentioned failure, right? Yeah. But then the underlying tech, like, the stuff behind NFTs, the really It's very shit, real. Very real. Right. Yeah. So, that part of it, the blockchain technology is very real. And then that, uh, for most people who know anything about tech, and that's why there's so much investment going into blockchain technology, we all are going to have, we're going to be paying receipts and they'll be on the blockchain and... You know, there'll be, instead of, there's companies right now that I know they're like, you pull up to a parking meter and you can pay it through your car instead of having to get out and doing mm -hmm. the thing and that's all recorded on blockchain. So Whoa. we're gonna need all that type of tech. The way that it's being marketed and packaged right now as like the pets.coms or the whatever, it looks silly, 
But that's the part of any burgeoning industry is like mm -hmm. you're going to have these capitalists and opportunists coming in trying to make money doing it and then they're going to fail and then you're going to be like, well, what did we actually build with the tech in the meantime? What's your take on the metaverse? I think most of what the narrated, like the mediated metaverse, like what you hear about is complete bullshit. Like that part of metaverse is just a repackaging, a rebranding of VR, AR, and video games, mm -hmm. right? And uh, well, it's all fragmented too. It's, there's no one metaverse. It's, it's right. All and so like a real true metaverse, which we'll see if it ever happens, if anything, it'll take five to six to 10 years is an interoperable metaverse. So the skin you buy in Fortnite, you can use in Valorant, and then you can bring it into Facebook, and like it should work like that. And, but you're a lawyer, imagine that. I know, that's the nightmare, is wow, getting so Activision tricky. and Riot and all the game companies to work together. Why would they? This is insane, why would they do Let that? Let me ask you a right. question about the metaverse then. Let's say you're in the metaverse, yeah. and your wife pisses you off in the metaverse, can you sock her in the metaverse? I would, uh... Sock her uh, avatars, pow, pow! Yeah, yeah. I don't, I would not, I would probably not do that. Why? Uh, You'd hire someone else. What, you wouldn't even beat up your wife in Mortal Kombat? I cannot beat up my <laughs> wife. This is the thing, my wife is so much stronger than I am. Like she's like a very, she works a out master. constantly. In real life, in but in the metaverse. I think even in the metaverse she would really put me in Her the stats would just be way too high. Yes, yes, yeah. It, it, yeah. She's very strong. She sounds like a button masher to me. So for um, you and, and Ben have been partners how many years now? 19 years. So, uh, yeah. That as impressive wow. as that is that you guys have never had a falling out period. Oh no, 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 no. There's always falling out. <laughs> of course. There's always arguments and fights, right? I don't trust people who are in relationships and they're like, oh, we never fight. I'm like, oh, you're gonna break up and it's gonna be disaster. <laughs> How do you know someone without fighting? Yeah. You ever mm -hmm. had like a close friend? You have to fight to get to know someone. Yeah. 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 Like you need to see that side of them to all depths and nuances of who people are. It's like the nasty, dark, insecure parts, the scared parts, the fearful parts, yeah. and then like the confident versions of themselves. Like you need to know all that shit. Has that ever happened where one of you were like, I'm out of here? Yes, multiple times. And it's, oh shit. It's always me. No yeah, way. I'm like, because I'm like a. I was always like a runaway as a kid. I ran away so many times, like, cause that's just my nature. Anytime there's something difficult happens, I want to run. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck this, I'm out. I like doing the oh, really ceremonious, oh, like, the I'm out of here. So it's like, I'm gonna a... show you, but it always like backfires on me. It's like the Jerry Maguire, like, <laughs> I'm out of here. And then everyone just returns back to work. Like no one really misses you or cares. So, so the office so does really well. Chaser? Everyone does better actually yeah, without yeah, me. Yeah, they all get raises. I know that. <laughs> but um, yeah, there've been many moments where I've just wow. been like, I don't know how to deal with this. I'm out and it's just you know like 40 minutes later I'm like oh, I'm sorry you know like I don't really mean <laughs> that's crazy you know? yeah. because I can't be me without Ben and Ben can't wow. do what he does without me we are very much aware of that but of course we're like we're brothers we're family we're just you never felt one day no. fuck this I could do this on my own I think like, every entrepreneur thinks that yeah. like always yeah. right and I think um, you know, that's just like a very natural feeling of like, I don't need anyone I can do it on my own. I know I can do it on my own. Yeah. Do I want to do it on my own? No. Will I be able to do it as well on my own? <laughs> Definitely not. Like there are things that Ben does that I never know how, to, I will never know how to do. I don't have the talents and I don't want to do it. You don't ever like want to just slightly like cheat on Ben though? Like you see like another guy and like, damn this guy's better at Ben than Ben is. I want to start a company. I've never met anyone who's better at being Ben than, I really have never What does, what's Ben good at? I think, well first of all, he's number one, he's good at dealing with me. Cause I'm like a very messy person. So he's like the most patient with me, right? And then I think I can say the same for him. Everyone, I write about this in the book where his friends at first were just like, ah, how do you deal with him every day? I'm like, I don't know. I usually have a pretty short patience for 
lot of friends. I'm like not the chillest person, but for him, like I just, I love him. You know, we just have so much respect for each other. Mm. So that's something I talk about a lot too with like relationships is, it's like, do you have, it comes down to respect. And like, I never lose respect for the guy. I trust him and I believe in him. And so like, it'll be fine regardless of what we go through, you know? But I've never met anyone else who I've been like, you know, I've ever seen that in, no, no, never wanted to cheat. But that's a really interesting. Question. I've seen Ben hang out with like the Supreme guys a lot lately. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Oh, you hood hopping, bro? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Ben's always had like in and out with them, and I'm like, what are you guys doing over here? And he goes, Oh, don't tell Bobby you saw me here. That's what he says. What do you tell your kids about? Because we were talking about the dark future and all that stuff. Yeah. How do you prepare them for a potential dark future? I think I mean, we're very honest in our house uh, talking about all this stuff. We talk to them just like they're regular folks our age and I, I think some people they think it's a little too extreme they're like oh do you have to talk I'm like yeah I just you know how old are they they're now they're 13 and 10 but we've been mm. ever since they were kids old and enough anything that was on the news was fair play right and mm. like controversial or embattled topics like transgenderism for example or just like presidential races like these are all things that we openly discuss because I'm I'm never clear or adamant about I have the answers or the truth. I, I think all that stuff is malleable and like not fixed, right? So it's just like, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. I don't know. <clears throat> Dad, why is it like this? Or why did they say that? Or how can it be this way? And I'm like, I don't know either. Let's try to, you, you might teach me more than I might teach you on that subject. I don't know. So we're very transparent about it. And I also need, to, I try as much to balance, like when there's a lot of dark stuff in the news, school shootings, right? <coughs> like also just talking about, well, what was war like in past generations? Right, and this is we don't have as many of those types of wars. This is a different kind of war we're embroiled in. But the wars my parents grew up in during the Korean War, like you know, previous situations with like Japan, Japanese imperialism, and like rape and torture, like we don't have that. And thank God we don't have that, you know. But this is a different kind of war in a different kind of context now that we're trying to navigate. And I'm like, you're going to war every single day, just like my parents did, just like their generations before did. It's a different kind of war. Some of it's psychological and it's digital warfare. Like, you know, people hacking in yesterday, I think this week, LAUSD, uh, my kid's school uh, district got hacked. By Russia or something? I don't know who hacked it, but oh. everything was offline for the day. They had to reset their passwords. It's huge disruption. Whoa. Right? And I'm like, that's warfare, right? Mm. I don't know if it's coming internationally mm. or if it's domestic, but it's some type of terrorism that you guys went off the grid and now we lost a day of education. Like, that affects us as Americans. It affects us mm. as citizens. So that's something my grandparents never had to deal with, yeah. you know, but like that fucking sucks that you mm. had to do that. So we talk about, we try to be as relevant as objective as possible when we're talking about like, oh, every day, like people are dying of guns in this country. And it's like, it's a horrible tragedy. And like, we got to figure out ways to amend that. But it's also like, let's be real. It's not like the world is ending, mm -hmm. you know, like it's not like, it's not, dismal like we can fix these things we we're here to fix the things that's you know and you infuse it with hope what's that you infuse it with hope i tried just like practical realism mm -hmm. you know i think that it's important to just be real i'm not trying to be sugarcoat anything i'm like yeah that's like terrible that that happened and we watch the news together we'll watch certain clips of you know, families mourning lost ones, and I'm like, God, thank God that that didn't happen to our family. Mm -hmm. You know, thank God we don't have that here, and like, let's be grateful that we have this every single day. You know, so like, we're very realistic about things, but just let's 
understand what else is happening outside of this media spotlight or what everyone's talking about. There's also things happening in the shadows, right? And yeah, so just mm -hmm. trying to make them as aware as possible of everything going on instead of just what these people are talking about all the time. I think that's important. Damn. That's a lot of work being a parent. I'm, I'm afraid to be a father. I'm just already figuring out my escape plan. <laughs> It's great. Kids are amazing. I think people these days, they treat kids like they're really fragile creatures. No, I can't wait to abuse them. Only, like, kids, this was like the first generation, the last couple of generations to treat children this way. Before, like, in the early 1900s, kids worked on the farms. You, yeah, you yeah. bred kids to work. Hell yeah. And so it's like, as soon as you can stand up, like, get to work, and you're tough, and you're resilient, yeah, and, like, yeah. death is a part of life, and, like, we're gonna all go through this together. And now it's just like, it's like we treat them like they're these, like, flowers, and that's, they're not. They're amazing, like, and they're so bright. I'm sure, I, I remember being a young person always being like, why, do, why are your parents talking to me like this? I understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. They're really brilliant creatures, and yeah. so it's like, they're actually fine on their own. Like, my, my great-grandfather immigrated from Korea to Japan by foot, barefoot, six years old, eating out of the garbage cans, like eating trash. It was a very common story. There's a book and a film called Pachinko that kind of tells a lot of this, Yay. this migration from like Korea to Japan, but it's like, they were fine, you know, and like they figured it out. Like kids are fine, you know. So the hate... food back then was all organic. <laughs> the they didn't have like gluten. Now better yeah, trash exactly. quality. What I hate about me is that I just logged that away in my brain to call your grandpa a trash eater later. <laughs> <laughs> trash eater. Yeah, but your dad eats trash.